You are listening to the Respond Worship Podcast, a podcast designed to inspire, instruct, and ignite a community of worship teams. We will be diving further into the mind of Corey Scott to hear about his years of ministry experience pastoring others to worship. So without further ado, episode two. Welcome back to the Respond Worship Podcast. We're, we're back here again with Corey Scott, and uh, we thought that it'd be really cool to just kind of do like a, a lightning round of questions with people at the beginning. Uh, so I think Kevin has some conjured up here that we can. Yeah, we have fire seven off. questions that we <clears throat> have prepared. Seven's last, a great number in the last minute or two. Always keep it seven. Hey, it's our seventh year of Respond. Hey, that and completion. So we add questions. an extra question for every year. Okay, oh, brother, oh, we, just, we just got this. <laughs> okay. No, um, hey, so we'll keep these answers can be as quick as you want them to be yeah right so um ready yeah so um all right Corey. current favorite worship song uh that would probably be a thousand tongues that's vertical it's vertical yeah i'm always looking for the for the new upbeat song Mm -hmm. there's a lot of a lot of stuff that's really great out there and it's that medium tempo kind of big anthem kind of thing but but just finding a really great song that's up tempo High energy uh, is a little challenging right now. So when you find one, you just grab onto it. So that's it for me. Right and now. never let go. That's never, never let go. Never let go. Book you're reading right now or last book you read. Okay. So it's a little, I, I, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but um, uh, it's, uh, oh man. So until we have faces, C.S. Lewis. Oh, okay. It's one of his fiction Books. So I always try to read at least one fiction book a year so I don't get s- totally boring. Um, and uh, that's what it was. I got it. My, my folks got it for me for Christmas. I told them I wanted some C.S. Lewis stuff that I'd never read before. And uh, that was one of them. And uh, it is different. Hmm. It is different. Yeah, I've actually never read that one either. So Yeah. Um, Do you really like it, huh? Well... <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I would say it's like making me more creative. You know, you read fiction because you're like, I want the story and I want to get creative and think outside of my normal. And I'm not sure this is. It's not Aslan. Is what you're saying. It's not Aslan. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you read the Paralandra series? No. It's like the science fiction novels from C.S. Lewis. No. I want to get more into his stuff. um, Besides. I think it was like Narnia, all Narnia, and then uh, Screw Tape Letters, Mere Christianity. Those, you know, those. Yeah, I got that. But right. like some of the other stuff, I got a lot, to, a lot of work to do. All right, well, it's one of Corey's picks. Pick that book up; it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hobbies, things you're into, things you like to nerd out about. Anything, anything guitar related. Mm. Um, my wife uh, always cringes a bit whenever I get the new catalog in the mail. You know, because <laughs> um, I'm going to start perusing um so anything guitar related uh because i love i love just playing but also the last few years i've started collecting vinyl records Hmm. and that's been a fun hobby because uh it's cheap like you can go to a record shop get something used for five bucks or less and it's new to you and um it it does sound different than the digital stuff you get on your phone. It's just it's just different. Mm. I don't want to say better, but it's different. And you're just hearing different things that you wouldn't hear when you stream it. And then um, and it kind of slows you down a little bit too. And I like that. You can just put a record on, and you you get there's a little bit of time and effort to listen to. It's not just background music. Like you're actually listening to the music. Right. right. And um, 
so that's been a fun hobby. So I go in the record shop and think around for a while and it's fun. Favorite new app. Okay, this is going to be a commercial, <laughs> and I hope that this turns into a sponsorship. So, um, but no, I only recently uh, Core Sound Pads. Cool. So they um, they do like all the pad loop sounds and stuff. You know, they have a whole libraries of sounds in all the keys. Each track is like twenty minutes long, but um, they're great sounds. Um, we use them in a lot of our video production stuff. Mm. Um, so any of our small group videos that we make, uh, or like countdown videos and stuff, we'll use those. Um, and then, and I, I've liked their sounds for a while and I've used them, but I always struggled to know how to do it in a live setting. How do I use these in a live setting, uh, in a, in a feasible way? Um, and just this year, well, at the end of last year, they had a special deal on some pad loops that you could purchase. And then if you did, you would get kind of this, um, I'm trying to say, like, uh, you could get the in the beginning stages of their new app. So we're getting to your question. So um, there it is. So they just released it this year. Uh, I think it's called. I think it's just called Core Sound. I don't remember what it's called. Core Sound Pads or something like that. Um, so you can search for it in the app store, and, and basically, you have your entire library of pads that you've purchased through them uh, through your account, and then it also has a click track that's associated with it. And so what's great is you can create your playlist of songs for that Sunday. You can pick the sound that you want in the key that you want with the click and tempo that you need. And um, then, uh, so whoever triggers that, uh, those pads, you know, can easily do that from the app. But then um, the other cool thing is it will crossfade uh, from one song into another. Uh, and you can set how long you want that crossfade to be. Hmm. So... Um, what I love about that is that one of the things that, you know, I think is hard is that transition from song to song. Um, and so it's nice to have something ambient Mm -hmm. that can just naturally do that. And my, you know, depending on your keys, there might be a little bit of distance for just a second, but it's kind of then resolves Mm -hmm. and has a nice vibe to it. So that's my new app that, um, I'm, we're still getting into it. Like, I think that they're still working on some things with it. Um, and I've actually, um, I've got some suggestions that we'll be sending their way, but, nice. but yeah, hopefully make, sh- make sure, you know, your circle fits, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man. <laughs> well, these lightning round questions are going really quick. Um, <laughs> going out on a limb on this one, but favorite song from the greatest showman. I've not seen oh, it. Oh man. <laughs> I've not seen it. And, uh, my kids have the soundtrack. So, you know, I hear the, the songs, but I, I don't, I mean, I hear them in the background. They're all right. in the background, so I don't know what's going on. All right, on. this is an easy one. Favorite ice cream flavor? Cookies and cream. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Last question. Most embarrassing moment on stage? So, um, we were, uh, Sunday morning, we were having a chili cook-off later on that day uh, as a fundraiser. And uh, so... Uh, back then, my it was it's a while back. My wife and I only had one car, and so the, our our routine was she would take me on Sunday mornings, drop me off, go back to the house, get our our uh, kids ready, and then she'd come back for the services. So um, so she drop drops me off. She goes back home. She's making chili, and uh, so I'm getting ready to sound check and all that stuff. I go into the restroom, and I'm wearing these pants that are old trousers and the zipper just completely busts and it can't be (laughs) fixed. I mean, there's nothing that I can't do anything. It is dead. And, um, so I, 
I put my Bible, you know, <laughs> I covered myself with my Bible and I walked down to my office and I called Leah and, uh, I, she had already gotten home by this point. You know, I said, Hey, I, um, I need you to bring me another pair of pants like now. And, uh, and she goes, I'm making chili. I'm like, well, sorry, you know, I'm just talking about my job here. And, and, um, so we're hunting for safety pins. We can't find safety pins in the entire building. They're nowhere to be found. The only thing that I could find were those, uh, you know, those black alligator style clips, <laughs> yes. like paper clips that the black kind of yes. clunky ones. Yes. I had, I was able to get three of those on the inside of what? my pants to hold that zipper together. <laughs> I don't know what it looked like on the outside, but I know what it felt like on the inside. And so then, so the whole morning, you know, until, so the whole first service, because she comes to the later service. So the whole first service, I'm talking with people, um, feeling really awkward. And probably... My face showed it, but like I've got my Bible, you know, covering up the whole time. And then I go up to the stage. So I've got my back turned to everybody and, and I put my Bible down and I grab my guitar and I put it on and then I kind of lower the strap down a little bit, you know, just kind of shimmy down to cover up. And then I turn around, we do the set and then I spin back around and <laughs> dismount, you know, and, um, so eventually got my new, my new trousers, you know, but. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, man, that's that's the biggest one I would say that I can remember. There's always the the verbal foibles, mm, yeah, you know, goofing up words, right? And anything that flipping things around, anything that sticks out to you. Um, because those are the best. Okay, so like, uh, we it's been several years back. We were doing a couple Chris Tomlin songs. We were doing Forever in the key of G. And then we were doing, um, oh man, Unchain- Unchanging. I think that's oh, the other song, yeah. Unchanging. Also in the key of G. Same, te- like almost identical tempo, almost identical uh, chord progression. And Forever starts with, uh, was it Give Thanks to the Lord our God and King, right? And then um, uh, Unchanging is Great is. Great is your faithfulness. Right? Okay. So both songs even start with the letter G. So we're doing those back to back. And I flip-flop the words of and the melodies of these two songs. <laughs> so I'm I'm playing the chords to forever. I'm singing the words of unchanging. And I get like one line in and I'm like, that's not right. And I look back at the tech. Cause, and he hasn't put the words up yet, right? Because he's waiting for me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's like we've, you know, we've since fixed that dilemma. But uh, he's waiting for me to start, you know, so he doesn't look goofy. And so, so I'm, I'm not seeing the words on the back. You know, I'm waiting for him, and I'm kind of trying to nod, like, please put them up, and, and nothing's happening. So I look over at our piano player, and she's got this huge grin on her face, and she's... <laughs> She's playing the, the melody. Ba, 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 ba. You know, I'm supposed to sing, great is your faithfulness. But I'm like, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be singing, uh, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Mm-hmm. But it kept coming out like, uh, give thanks to the Lord. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm just flipping this all around. And uh, I couldn't get it. So fine, you just have to stop the train. You just have to stop the train. And we have a rule on our staff that's acknowledge the obvious. So you acknowledge the obvious and just move on. 
Yeah, I like that question. I kind of want to. I want to talk about something that happened a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm new to this church and uh, we have a lot of new music that we do each week. And so whenever there's a new song, I like to teach the congregation the chorus before we go into it. So yeah. they at least know a little bit of something to sing mm-hmm. along with, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so I introduced, like I set it up. I set it up great. We came out of This Is Amazing Grace. I, I did an acapella out of yeah, it, you know, right. so that we would, you know, and I, I set up the song. Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, yeah, new song. We're going to learn the chorus. Do you yeah. talk like that when you're sometimes? You're, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sultry like, sound just, of your voice. Just close your eyes. As long as you don't start the Australian accent. Like if you're a lounge singer, right. and, you know, put a tip jar at the edge of the stage and drop it. Well, this is, this is the embarrassing part. So I introduced the song in G. And we are actually doing it in a flat because we we realized that the the track that we had for it would not go all the way down the G for right. some reason, no, and so I the lowest it would go to A flat. But I even made a note like on my chord chart that I had right in front of me, and I just blew right past it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so we started on the song in A flat, and we're still stuck in this G mode. And I'm like, oh no. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people didn't, you know, mm-hmm. catch on to it as much. Maybe they did. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't get any any flack for it, but I just, man, I was like, ah, I, I intentionally set this up to work this way, and it. It, it just blocked. So, <laughs> but like in all of those situations, you know, my whole thing is just like I always tell our team, I'm like, hey, look, the kingdom's still standing, right. you know, because it's like we just, you know, get so worked up about those kinds of mistakes, mm-hmm. and um, um, you don't have to, you know. I mean, the, the kingdom still moves on. You're good, right? You're good. <laughs> well, that's that's definitely such. You you realize that in that moment, like it's not all about this service. It's not all about this song. I mean, you know, just the, the stories that, that happen during the week and the mm-hmm. opportunities you have to minister there that, Oh my goodness. Those are the reminders of that. Cause you, because I feel like when you're on stage or whenever you're in the tech booth, you just wear that as your identity yeah. the rest of the day. Just, oh, I screwed it up. Like, you know, but here's a great, ex- here's how you know where your, if your focus is off, because, um, I come home like on Sunday afternoon and Leah and I are talking about our mornings because we don't see each other much on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. How was your morning? And my first thought is, tip, or my first word is usually like, oh, this went well or I goofed here. Mm-hmm. This didn't work uh, as well as I thought it would. We went over on this, whatever. And then, and then I'll say, well, how was your morning? And she'll say, well, I talked to so-and-so and I met so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And you see that, like oh shoot you know she yeah. she had it right her her thought her her approach was right it's about people mm-hmm. and um and so i can get so caught up in details that i miss that sometimes right yeah right. that's so true i i had that happen this last sunday where you know you're just it's easy to get into executing the plan that you're, you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I had an opportunity, maybe it was two weeks ago, but I had an opportunity to go take communion with my wife. I'm usually mm-hmm. on stage during that time. And I, I get in there and um, she's praying with someone. <laughs> she's just in this awesome, I'm right. like, oh my goodness, this is, you know, just one of those, yeah, I'm just like fitting this into the schedule real quick, mm-hmm. which is a great thing, you know, but my, yeah. my wife's doing ministry well. Right. I'm worried about what the volunteers are all doing and what, mm-hmm. what's exactly happening next. Yep. That is a podcast by itself, mm-hmm. you know, for real. Like, I mean, how to navigate the um, dilemma of serving the church by leading in worship, mm-hmm. where you you are the one that is focused on the details, you know, and it's, it's with the heart of service, mm-hmm. right? You want to serve the church. 
so that they can have that close encounter with the Lord and that moment with him. But, um, but how do you find that balance mm-hmm. of connecting with the Lord in a, in a meaningful way as well? Right. Cause you can't ignore that entirely. Well, Corey, I, I always find it interesting to hear other worship ministers' philosophies of worship. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind just maybe giving us a brief synopsis of what your philosophy of worship is. So um, at the beginning of the year, first part of January, um, our leadership team always gets together for what we just call a strategic planning day. And um, so our lead minister threw out a question to everybody around the table. So it's staff, elders, deacons. And he said this, what are you responsible for? Not what do you do, but what are you responsible for? Hmm. And uh, it was really interesting to go around and, and hear what people's own perceptions were about what they're responsible for. Because sometimes I think we're, we don't always have an accurate perception of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, we think our job is ABC, when really what we're responsible for, though, is XYZ, right? So, um, so it was pretty revealing. I, he asked me that question, and I just said, um, I am responsible for helping our church pray and leading others to do the same. So, or raising up leaders to do the same. And um, he, he cornered me about that and said, what do you mean by that? You know, because most people would probably assume, especially in worship ministry, and I'm sure people listening to this, you know, that's their main area of ministry, would assume it would probably have, some, my responsibilities would probably have something to do with music. Right. But I feel like um, my main job is to help the church pray. Um, now, we pray most, my role is praying mostly through the lens of music, but I am facilitating prayer. So I would say a big part of my philosophy of worship is actually through the lens of prayer. Mm. And as soon as I, as soon as I really grab a hold of that, it really is a game changer for me. For example, um, uh, now when prayer is my main thing, main part of my ministry, main philosophy about worship, um, it changes how I approach planning. It changes how I approach organizing my teams. It changes um, how I approach even those spontaneous moments. And, um, and it changes even my level of, this may sound a little weird, but it changes my level of trust. Um, because in our context, we have three services on Sunday morning and they go fast. Hmm. They're only an hour long. We have a short amount of time in between services and we just don't have a lot of time. Wiggle room. We don't have a lot of wiggle room in our time. So there are times I'm cutting a song. I'm cutting half a song at the last minute. And that kind of stings a little bit sometimes, but, um, but because I'm trying to help the church pray, I'm just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to pray too. And I'm going to trust in in an atmosphere of prayer. I'm just going to trust that God is sovereign, you know, and he's sufficient. Um, and Paul wrote about that to the church in Corinth, you know, that your sufficiency is now in Christ. And, um, so I'm going to trust his sufficiency. He's going to do what he wants. And so then you're able just to release that. So part of my philosophy of worship is very much about prayer. Um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Compass Christian Church, um, Caleb Miller, he uh, he told me this one time. He said that um, our worship should be driven by the presence of God. It's presence-driven. I like that. Mm-hmm. So I think part of my philosophy about worship is that it really is about the presence of God. And whatever we can do 
to um, help people feel like they've had an encounter with the Lord, uh, we should do it. Yeah, have you let, have you read Practicing the Presence of God mm-hmm. by Brother Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. I've, ever since reading that book, that just opened my mind uh, to just the spiritual realm, really. I mean, just like ma- making sure that I am super attentive to my everyday life. You know, where is God working? Why is this person standing in front of me right now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just li- really looking for those fine details of where where God just like constantly practicing like uh, daily exam essentially. Right. Um, so, well, and you know, God opened my eyes here to this recently. I was in uh, the book of Haggai. When was the last time you heard someone <laughs> mention Haggai? But um, I was in Haggai chapter one and um, God wanted the people to work on the temple, but they were all working on their own homes. And he said through Haggai, he said that if the people would fear him, they would, in other words, obey him. Um, that what what you see is the sequence. You see the people finally feared the Lord. It says they feared the Lord and he was with them. And then he stirred their spirits. Mm. And I love that sequence. They feared him. In other words, they did what he wanted them to do. Then he was with them in it. And then he stirred their spirits. So I think um, what I want is the presence of God. I want God to be with me. And I think that starts with me just, fearing him and doing what he's asked me to do. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to believe his promise to be with me. And then I think he's going to stir my spirit. I think then the, the, the stirring of our souls will come after that. If, if we, you know, wait around for that stirring to happen first, we'll probably never do anything. Hmm. You know, I think it's the other way around. You obey first, fear the Lord. He's with you. His presence is there. But, you know, there's, there's Sundays I don't feel like <laughs> singing, you know, Right. I feel like leading, tired, um, and uh, but you do it, and then you trust. Like you know, you go to Acts two. And you're like, okay, did we did we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching? Yes. Did we did we devote ourselves to prayer? Yes. Did we break bread together? Yes. Okay, it may not have been like revival, but you know, it's like we did it. Right. We did it. Right. And we're gonna trust the Lord. Um, with the outcome. Yeah, it's interesting that you don't mention that, that the Apostle Creed doesn't mention music at no. all as, as a, as a part of, you know, what we're supposed to do when we gather together. Sure. Um, and and that kind of plays into, like, another question I had about, you know, this this word worship that we have, mm-hmm. that we've, uh, we, we kind of were unpacking this concept a little bit ago right. about this, you know, resigning from something in order to re-sign it. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that uh, Crystal Downing talks about in her book, uh, Changing Signs of Truth. And uh, so there, there are these different cultural signs that we see or words or ideas we can, we can, can we can uh, direct those towards as a, as a sign. Mm-hmm. Uh and so we're, we're trying to take something that is so oversaturated in our culture mm-hmm. that people can't attach themselves with anymore. So the word worships, you know, is what I'm kind of thinking through here right. that, you know, people don't think that they're good worshipers because they can't sing or they can't play an instrument well. Uh, so like how, how are we able to, I know this is just kind of like a big loaded <laughs> question, mm-hmm. but like, how are we able to recapture that word and, really teach people what worship is, what it means to worship, um, as opposed to, you know, just specifically music. Yeah. So I read, um, an article and man, I'm going blank on the guy's name right now. Uh, 
Uh, it was in Worship Leader Magazine. And, oh, Greg, Greg Laurie, right? Uh, Harvest Crusader guy, um, Greg Laurie. He, uh, am I saying that right? Laurie? 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 Something like that. Something like that. Um, but he had an article on prayer, hmm. on the Lord's Prayer. Um, I think it was last year or the year before. And he said this. He said, can, he was talking about hallowed be your name. You know, uh, he said, can you write that over everything you do in life? Can you write the phrase, hallowed be your name over the thought that you're having right now? Could you write, hallowed be your name over, you know, what you're, what you're doing in your free time? Could you write, hallowed be your name in the, in the attitude that you have towards your spouse? Can you write, hallowed be your name over the way you approach your work? And, um, and that has stood out to me as far as like, how do you shift the, the way of thinking um, about worship, because if worship is just those few songs before the sermon, right. um, then you are big time limiting the idea of worship. But if you can all of a sudden begin to write, hallowed be your name over the way you wash dishes, kind of a Brother Lawrence thing, right? right? right. If you can write, uh, hallowed be your name over the way that you play with your kids, if you can write, Hallowed be your name over staying up late to visit with your spouse, you know, because you just got, you guys haven't connected lately. Um, to me, that's, those are acts of worship. Mm. Now, I think that um, we, it's a little bit of a catch 22 because, you know, I think everything can be worship. I, I do believe that everything we do can be an act of worship, but there is something special and holy and unique about Sunday morning, getting with the body of believers. It's a very uh, specific place and time uh, for a specific purpose. Hmm. So I'm not minimizing the Sunday morning gathering by saying that everything is worship. I think there's a, a unique place for that in the heart of the believer. But um, but I would say, how do we you know re-sign that word worship? Uh, I think you have to you do have to kind of at times remove it from the Sunday morning experience. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing um, Tom Kreuter talk about this uh, a while back where he said that uh, dentists will tell you to brush your teeth three times a day for three minutes at a time. I don't know anybody that does this, but, um, <laughs> but you know, that's nine minutes a day, seven days a week. So that's 63 minutes. So let's say you miss one and you just go for an hour, 60 minutes. An hour of your week, you're supposed to be brushing your teeth. Well, let's say that you don't brush your teeth at all during the week, not even once. Go an entire week without brushing your teeth. But on Sunday morning, you wake up and you're like, I'm going to brush my teeth today. And so for an hour straight, you brush your teeth without stopping. So you your teeth rot all week only to shred them, um, you know, shred your gums for an hour on Sunday morning. And you assume that that's going to make your teeth healthy. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we view worship in that way. We'll say, I'm not going to worship at all during the week, and then I'm going to pack it all into one hour on a Sunday morning and, and expect to have some spiritual growth and health. It just doesn't work that way. Right. So you have to take the idea of worship out of Sunday morning a little bit, I think, to really re-sign it mm -hmm. to its rightful place. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to turn it around yeah. in this format? Yeah. I mean, what are ways that you guys would, would do that? What are ways that... Maybe you guys would re-sign. Well, I mean, that's, that's hard because we were talking about that earlier. Just that's a word that I feel like I've gone through times in my life that 
you know, you get you get frustrated with how flippantly that word's kind of thrown around to just describe something like music or mm-hmm. just describe. And so you, you you know you really you change your words and you're just like no everything's worship and you you make a big deal and you, you it just becomes awkward almost right. when you talk about it. Well, it's like even our our titles now in our <laughs> churches they're not worship pastors like creative arts pastor because we don't want to associate ourselves with something that has mm-hmm. so much. I, I don't want to say baggage, but I mean it's it's just oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, just, I've gone through other parts of my life where I'm like, oh, well, you know, we'll just, yeah, that's the worship ministry, worship team. <laughs> it's our worship time. I'll just call it that. You yeah, know, that's what mm-hmm. just everyone knows what that, what that means. I mean, I, I just wonder if it's, if it's, if, if it's more comes from this place of how, how much church at times we, we make everything revolve around what ends up being knowledge <laughs> or right. just ends up, I mean, and we just take, we take the focus off of, you know, the full beauty of what worship is. I mean, the what God's love for us spilling over into everyone around us means. I mean, just the, the acts of, of, of service, you know, both um, relationally speaking as well as just physical, super practical, um, like, projects and, and, th- mm-hmm. and things like that. And I just wonder if it's just, we, you know, we kind, we kind of do. I mean, just like you talked about with the, uh, I, I don't know how to, re- like, re- reassign it or resign it, though, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Because it's, it's just kind of, I think it's just the fullness that we can talk about the difference a lot. We can we can try to only use it to describe certain things or try to use it to describe all things, but it comes back to just living a more unified life that's actually, you know, blessed from the lavish riches of God's love and letting that pour over. Right. Well, I'm even thinking like First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, he says, you know, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, you know, Paul is getting at the whole body, mm-hmm. whole mind, whole spirit, everything. And what we have done, I think, is we have segmented ourselves so much. And that's even more of a Western thought kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Like, you know, the whole, it's a Greek way of thinking. Like, the whole idea of separating your uh, sacred from your secular, mm-hmm. you know. Well, in the first century, they would never have even thought about that kind of a concept. Everything was married together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even the idea of heaven and earth. I mean, even that, we, we talk about heaven like it's way up there somewhere far away. And we're down here on earth where life happens. And that's not how the first century church would have understood heaven. They would have understood it as being like right here next to us. It's just that we can't see it. it it's all together. Just one is seen, one is unseen. And it, there's a, a marriage between flesh and spirit in a much more intimate, real way than I think what we experience. We separate things out. Um, so I think we need to to reintroduce the concept of worship as whole life. Mm. Um, you know, if someone ever says anything like, this is not really like the stuff of real life, like this is more spiritually oriented, oriented yeah. I'm like, no, wait, wait, wait a second. No, the spirit is real life. I mean, that's that's Colossians right there where it um, says that the reality, however, is found in Christ. You know, I think some versions would say the substance is Christ. Christ is real. Mm. And uh, everything else is, is real, but not as real as Christ. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think it's, uh, I don't think worship is a, is, a, is a word we need to stray from. I don't think it's no. something that we, because that's what it is. It's worship. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, in order to recapture it, I think we just have to be more intentional with it. I think, I think we just, we, we're so comfortable with how it is defined in our culture that we just 
roll with it, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't make attempts to to try to give deeper meaning to what is there. Yeah. So something that I've always tried to implement is I call them we's. So they're things that we can do together. Uh, worship emphasis is, okay. is what it is, but basically just finding different, uh, I guess you can call them liturgical practices to do with your congregation. So mm-hmm. reading scripture together yep. and communally, that's, that's something that I don't, a lot of churches don't really do. They just right. kind of fly through some songs, go to a sermon and yes. you're out, you know? So, okay. Uh, actually taking that time in, in between a song to find something to read together. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's like a, a prayer or a creed yep. even, but yeah, just, you know, just finding those moments where we can e- even silence, just having moments of silence, yep. just to center yourself before you start into something else, just giving space for, mm-hmm. for God to talk, uh, speak into our lives. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a way that I've, I've been challenged as far as, uh, I feel like it's almost my my job now <laughs> to to take us away from this whole you know synonymizing worship yes. with, with with music specifically right. and so yeah that's just kind of something that I've been trying. I think that that's even very much a pastoral thing to do for your people because um, not everybody in your church likes music like you do. Right. Not everybody connects to the Lord in music like we do. And so um, if all we do is music, then we are missing shepherding a significant portion of our people. So things like scripture readings, silence, prayer times, uh, responsive readings, those can really lead the heart of people in worship um, who may not necessarily really like your your music. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so you need to find another outlet for them to worship the Lord and have an expression or a prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of um, Acts 4 when it says that the church, um, they lifted one voice in prayer. I I would have loved to be there to know what that was like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What does that even look like (laughs) to raise one voice together in prayer? Does that mean that one person prayed and everybody else said, amen, we agree? Does that mean that everybody knows the script and they're all saying it together? You know, did they have an overhead transparency? You know, I don't know. But like, what was it that, that, Allow them to lift one voice. And I think that uh, music can do that. I think that scripture readings can do that. Creeds. Right. I think creeds can do that. Um, responsive readings can do that. Um, and and I think we shepherd people better when we don't limit worship to just music. We find other avenues to help people encounter God yeah. outside of music. Amen. Well, and it's like, it's like Brian, you know, said in the, in the session tonight, just the, we don't, um, we don't, or yeah, we don't do different things in our services to appease everyone. Yeah. We do different things in our service to, to love everyone because mm-hmm. we, we want them to be accepted, right. Right? not to appease, but it's, it's part of our loving them. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey, we, we appreciate your, your time. Uh, thank you so much for, no. Joining us and uh, you thanks know, for staying us, up late. Yeah, I'm doing this, <laughs> <laughs> helping us set the the vision. You know, for what this what this looks like. What you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we'll learn a lot as we progress through it. But uh, yeah, it's just cool to have have something that we can show and you know engage in conversation yeah. right now. Um, I'll be anxious to see even just how people interact. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, I think that'll be fun to watch. Definitely. Well, is there any, uh, you know, like final words of encouragement, uh, you know, for worship team specifically or like a prayer that you can think mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, if you just want to pray? I mean, what? Yeah. 
I'd say just quick, quick encouragement, just be come to the retreat. Yeah. So yeah. I think the respond worship retreat is um, a blessing. And I think teams are challenged and encouraged each year that we do this. And so uh, my encouragement would be come to the retreat. And I know more will be um, said, you know, in the months to come about the 2019 retreat. Uh, we got quite a bit of time here, but uh, so I'd say come to the retreat. But yeah, I'd love to just to pray uh, the Lord's blessing over the worship ministries. Anybody that's listening to this. Lord Jesus, um, we sincerely believe with all of our hearts that you are in charge. You are moving this universe according to your schedule. We're privileged to be your sons and daughters. We're privileged to be a part of your family. Uh, it's a place of honor that none of us deserve or none of us can earn. And so not only uh, do you welcome us into this family that lasts forever, but you you give us jobs to do. You give us a purpose. And um, my prayer for those listening that is that um, that they would recognize that purpose with laser clarity, that they they are used by your Holy Spirit to help your bride pray, to help your church uh, come before you in prayer, both in, um, joyful praise and thanksgiving, but also in their pleas and in presenting their requests before you. I pray over um, those worship ministers who and teams who um, are just anxious, burdened um, with the, the weekly grind or maybe even just the, the pressures that they're feeling to appease people. Um, Lord, my prayer is that they wouldn't be anxious about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, they would present their requests to you. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm praying that you would guard their hearts and minds. Now, Father, I pray for, um, for a spirit of joy. I'm amazed that the night that you were betrayed before the cross, that you prayed for joy. You prayed for our joy. And so certainly uh, we can be filled with joy uh, now that we're on this side of the cross uh, where you are alive and active in our lives. And so I pray for those who are discouraged that they would feel your joy and they'd take it. They would take joy from you. Um, thank you, Lord, for, for this good work. And I uh, pray your blessing over all these teams uh, so that your name could be lifted high. And we pray this in the power of Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Respond Worship Podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to our website and social media. Follow and subscribe to keep up with new episodes and feel free to rate and review us. We want this to be the best possible resource for you and your teams, so your feedback is extremely important. God bless, and we'll see you next time.